0: That was how we got into the, the the sphere of of churches. But as you can probably guess, by 1977, things had moved along at a you know at a considerable uh, distance, and so we had some ground to make up. And how we did it was rather uh, rather important in our particular development. There was two prongs to this, and and part of this. Is really wonderful, and part of it lays the seeds for some struggles and develop in the uh, end uh, of what happens in the EOC in, in 1985, 1986. The brethren that I've been talking about, uh, Sparks, Ballou, Braun, Gilquist, etc., were coming to understand these kinds of issues primarily through the study of the fathers of the church. It wasn't that they had gone out looking for any you know, contemporary model whatsoever. Rather, they had gone back and tried to read through, experience, and implement the practice of the historic church. Father Peter Gilquist often says, it's like if the river of God's revelation is a mile wide, we want to swim out half a mile and go downstream. We just want to be right in the heart of that. The, those of us that came from the uh, Christian Church, Church of Christ background had a little bit different perspective on things. Remember I said we were uh, the Church of Christ was part of the restoration movement that tried to see what was in the Bible and implement what was in the Bible. And you were a proper New Testament church if you followed the pattern of the Bible. What began to happen to us was, in some respects, and I'll come back to this more in my last lecture on Sunday, was that we began to look at the fathers of the church in the same way. And we began to take the fathers, in some senses, and try to have what, we, uh, by 86, we're starting to call a patristic restoration movement. That is, uh, where the church was constituted by taking characteristics from the historic church and implementing it so that one can define oneself as the patristic church if you're doing the things that the patristic church did, irrespective of whether you're organically or sacramentally connected to the church at all. Secondly the approach that we tended to take at least in the early years was charismatic and i mean that in the broadest sense of that the churches that that uh, uh, I, i was a part of often had a sense of god speaking to us and many of the things that say father jack was talking about with the eucharist for example that were rooted in the patristic heritage came in our situation out of a, a, a kind of a prophetic, charismatic explanation that this is, you know, from God, that, that the Eucharist is really the body and blood of Christ. And then when we're eating from the Eucharist, we're eating from the tree of life and, and that sort of thing. And it was actually encapsulated as a kind of a vision <laughs> that was charismatically seen by, by uh, people in the in the movement. Do you understand what I'm trying to get at here? It's like the same things, ideas were coming, but they were coming more from a charismatic base rather than from a patristic study type base. Now that isn't saying that we didn't do our study. We really, really did. We had a lot of ground to catch up on. So starting in 1977 in, in our area, instead of meeting every quarter, we met every six weeks, and we uh, read together as many of the, the writings of the Fathers as we could. And I mean, we started with the Apostolic Fathers. We read all of them. We read Justin Martyr's First Apology. We read Irenaeus's against heresies. We read Tertullian against Praxius, We read Cyprian on the unity of the Catholic Church. We, we read Gregory uh, the theologians five theological orations we we read Cyril of Jerusalem's catechetical lectures we read Cyril of Alexandria's interchanges with uh, Nestorius we we read St. John of Damascus on the Orthodox faith we and, and so on I mean I can't even begin to tell you how many uh, how many things that that we, we we read with that same kind of commitment that was present with the other brethren, that is, what we're learning, we're going to implement. So we eventually caught up (laughs) uh, in terms of our our theological understanding of things, but it was a a very difficult and intense kind of a, a, a thing. By 1977, then, the order had expanded a little bit farther, and there were Ken Jensen, William Blythe uh, from Lincoln, Illinois, were part of the order by that point. At this point, I was not. I was simply a presbyter trying to figure out what in the world was happening. We had an interesting experience with liturgical worship, though, that uh, I'd like to share with you just to highlight the kind of thing. One of the very first meetings that I went to as a new presbyter was well, two things I want to stress. This was in 1977 in the summer, and it was at the Curry Home in Tolono, Illinois. The father of Isaac and J- J.D., right, was actually the host of this. At had a Kubota tractor dealership. He shut the place down on, on a business day so that we could have our meeting in, uh, in there. And Peter Gilquist was there, and his theme that day was this. The liturgy uh, structure of the liturgy of Justin Martyr, and of course my reaction, I was really wanting to do the charismatic, you know, free-flowing, spontaneous, intense thing, and so my my first reaction was, this guy is nuts. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. So I went back home, and and uh, we continued to do our spontaneous thing, and then and then I noticed, after a while, that. We would spontaneously sing just about the same number of songs, <laughs> and that someone would read the scripture at about the same time, and that following that there would be a homily, and I would preach for an hour or more. And uh, that was about the same every time. And then we'd do the Eucharist and and well, you know, it we had an offertory and we and and I it began to dawn on me either we were getting in a real rut and stifling the spirit of god or the spirit of god was leading us to liturgy and that in fact the liturgy that we were being led to in the spirit was this and so you know i threw up my hands and i said oh if you can't beat them, join them. and so we we uh, started using that basic structure in our own uh, our own parish it was rather kind of a informal effort at first, you know, for us. You know, we, first of all, we didn't have a building, so we were meeting in in homes, uh, basements and and that sort of thing. I never quite got to wearing blue jeans in the service, but some of our folks did. But I just couldn't bring myself to uh, consecrate the gifts in blue jeans. It just, it didn't, it didn't. But that's how loose that, we were, you see, in, in, in that time. We had a form, but we didn't really understand much about what the true practice of, of uh, liturgy might might be.